Shut up and sit down. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Third Shift, episode 293. I, of course, am your host, your funky leader, the greatest man who's ever lived. It's me, it's Matt, and I'm here, and I'm... Am, am, I, am I pumped for the show? Am I pumped for the show? I'm not sure if I'm pumped for the show, because with me, as sometimes via audio pre-recording, is my good friend Eric, the light bearer, the light bringer, the light bearer bringer, the beastmaster of Third Shift. He's here via an audio track to join us. Hello, Eric. What's up this week? What's doing? What's happening? Well, old buddy, let me tell you how I'm doing this week. I know you're asking me because I'm psychic. I've got psychic powers. Yes, I do indeed. And let me tell you, this week's been a busy, busy week. I've uh, been all over the board. Uh, this last weekend, we had a birthday party for my youngest. So we had friends and family over. And uh, my brother, he came up from Ohio and he stayed over at the house with his wife here for the weekend. So, gaming-wise, not a ton done this week, but real life, lots of things happening, moving and shaking. Getting ready for spring, of course. Uh, here in Michigan, it's been up and it's been down, but there's been those peaks, you know, those little days where you're looking and it's like 64 degrees, that sun's shining, and you think maybe this is it. Maybe this is really going to be spring. Next day, it goes down to 34 and hail and a mild snow slash slush, and you go, okay, never mind. That's what this week's been all about. On the gaming front, the things I, you know, the little bit I did play, which I shouldn't say a little bit, but you know what I mean, were uh, Elden Ring, of course, you know, can't, can't go a week without having played that until I beat it, which I hope to do someday. Now, I'll tell you, I'm still avoiding Lindell Castle up in the Atlas region and the Volcanic Manor, which are also up there, but I did go back through Khalid, and uh, with the help of my brother, I uh, found a couple things that I hadn't seen or missed, etc. And, of course, I told him a few things that he hadn't seen or missed, you know, by comparing maps, that kind of thing. And then I also went up into the Atlas region itself, and I've done a couple more little dungeons, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, getting some, you know, talismans and armor and weapons. So having a good time with it, but I have not progressed the story since last we talked. I think it is time, though. I, I'm going to focus this weekend on the game time I do get with it to get through the Volcanic Manor, then, of course, Lindell Castle, so I can move on to the next area, which I hear is really, really cool. And at that point, I might stop and make sure I uh, finish up, like, the the Ranny's Quest, um, which involves Blade and all those other yahoos. And there's one with Millicent or whoever that, um, that I got to get going on and finish up. So I might finish those, like, and I'll probably cheat and just go look up, like, where the heck everything is to do it. Because I've been trying to do it naturally, but it's really difficult. And trying to find these individuals sometimes out in the open world, it's impossible. I don't know how people do it naturally without playing just hundreds and hundreds of hours. And just, you know, scouring the area like a maniac. So I give uh, applause to those who do that. But uh, unfortunately, due to time constraints, being that I've already got like 89 hours into this, I got to start... Um, you know, start to fast track things a little bit and wrap things up. It's a fantastic game, don't get me wrong, but we can't play it forever. Just can't do it. Of course, played a little bit of Metroid Dread. As I told you, I've been a busybody, so while I was out and about uh, doing dance classes with the girls and this and that, I uh, was popping in there, and man, it's it's so much fun. It's getting better and better. 
as I get more abilities and move further along into the game, I have more options available to me to uh, evade the, the stupid Emmys and get out of trouble and or avoid trouble altogether. It's really cool. Uh, I, I wish, I wish though, you got some of those abilities earlier on because now that I'm starting to get them, like I said, the game's ramping up. And now I'm really enjoying it. Whereas it was such a hard sell in the beginning because you're so powerless. And I don't know why, but getting the Morph Ball, it's just the simplest thing, but it helps you in every single way. And them not just giving it to you from the word go or like within the first few minutes drives me bananas. Can't tell you why, it just does. But anywho's, we're getting on track. We're finally getting those skills, and I'm a happy little camper. So I'll tell you more about that when I get you know a little bit further. Beat it. For now, though, I think I've went ahead and tackled the third Emmy. We're moving and grooving. Feeling pretty good about it. Uh, Friday night, we played some more Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, which was a fantastic time. It got cut short, though. The brother and sister-in-law, they did come up earlier than expected, so we had to cut short that evening. So we only got uh, a couple hours in, a little less than a couple hours, really. So it didn't get too far along, but we do have uh, the main uh, town all opened up, you know, and it's uh, it's really cool. And it wasn't what I expected. I thought I was just going to see a lot of uh, characters, of course, that we know and love from Borderlands 3, but that's not the case. We've got uh, all new characters all over the place. Uh, allowing you to take up quests with their own little, you know, their own little vibes, their own little gimmicks, things that they, the quirks, whatever you want to call them. And so far, so good. We scoured the town looking for the dice. We, by no means, have found them all. It's going to require a lot more work on our part to do that. Brighthoof's just big in general. Has lots of stuff to explore and check out, which I, I appreciate. So I don't know if Matt's going to talk more about it or if we're going to wait until we're uh, hanging out doing the show together. But... I will say I can't wait to play on Friday. It's going to be such a good time. And at that point, who knows what we're going to experience. Because like I said, we've been keeping ourselves in the dark and only playing when we get on together. So it's all a mystery to me. And I look forward to seeing it and playing it some more. The Stablemancer is still a lot of fun. I'm hoping to get some more skills that really change up my play style. Because right now I've just been focusing on the simple ones. You know, up in the gun damage, elemental damage, that sort of thing. So we'll see how that plays out. As we get a little bit further. And then last but not least, Stranger of Paradise. Matt isn't here, so I'm going to talk for a minute about this one. Oh boy, oh boy. I know I said I wasn't going to play this until I beat Elden Ring, but I couldn't help it. I've been sneaking in there, getting some time in. I'm now on the third big area. I still haven't seen any side quests. And I heard you can unlock like a lot of hidden side quests by doing like finding these little purple orbs throughout the levels. And I could have sworn I have seen and grabbed a couple of those. So I don't know. Who knows? Maybe after this one, they'll pop open. But anywho's, I'm telling you right now, if you're sleeping on this title because, you know, people are joking about it, memeing about it, whatever, you're crazy. Yes, graphics not great. Nah, there's no denying that. But I think we're beyond that. A lot of people love those indie games with all these old school graphics, etc., etc. I don't think graphics are something we all got to be, if it's not top of the line, we can't play I'm just telling you that the story's crazy goofy right now. It does it makes sense, but it's so simple and ridiculous that you're like, what in the hell is going on? Jack and his homeboys, they've got these black stones, they've got to get them imbued with the proper colors or whatever. Jack all he remembers is that he's got to take out chaos, and that's all he's about. He just keeps on yelling about it. And I find it hilarious. Like some people say it's annoying and they've been like making memes and stuff, but 
I'm telling you right now, I laugh every single time Jack goes on some crazy Yahoo spouting off about chaos or telling someone to shut up because he just wants to get to chaos. And, you know, he's got his pals in the background just constantly yimmering and yammering, cracking jokes, goofing off, just totally oblivious or don't care. And just even let just feed Jack, you know, and, and how he acts and what he's doing. And it's just awesome. So for me, yeah, the story's cuckoo right now and Bonanzos. I have an idea of where it's going to go because, you know, I've played a million video games in the past. But I'm having a good time with it, regardless of what people saying out there. I think it's a lot of fun and I get some good laughs. And oh boy, let me tell you, the job systems, it's insane. They throw weapons at you all over the place. And if you don't know, you get these, you get the weapons, it unlocks the basic, uh, I think there's eight of them, eight different basic jobs, which then you can follow those jobs past to unlock advanced jobs and then keep on going to get like the super, you know, advanced jobs, like the, the experienced ones or whatever. So tons of job classes for you to go and pick from. And then of course, each of them requires you to wear certain types of weapons. But the more advanced you get, the more weapons for that, you know, particular class you can wear. So then you got more options, more uh, things available to you to play with. And of course, you're unlocking all these different skills for them, which come in handy because the baddies are annoying as hell sometimes, but the bosses just in general so far for me have been a great time. You know, they all have their set moves and do specific things. And it's not like Elden Ring where, you you know, you got to be really, really strategic. You can take hits in this one. And sometimes you have to take hits just to get in what you want to do. But knowing what the boss's moves are, knowing what skill sets, like if you if you should be a mage and stay far away because they've just got all sorts of wild melee attacks that will really wreck you and keep uh, stunning you and or interrupting you, that sort of thing. This game's all about that. It's fast-paced. And as I said, you get that reward because it's very formulaic. You know, you'll go into this dungeon, and then for the most part, as you move through, nothing happens. And then when you get to the boss, you get a big old stint where they're talking and yapping at the boss about where chaos is, what the hell's going on. You kill boss, you get another one, you get a side thing, and then you go back into a dungeon, rinse and repeat. So that reward you get for getting to the boss and then of course beating the boss is awesome and let me tell you i'm mixed on the loot the loot just drops like candy off every single bad guy there's treasure chests that you can find all over the levels and you'll get tons of it and i'm finding this just so awesome every time i get a few pieces i click the button boom optimal all of a sudden jackson all sorts of new gear same with my cohorts we're going through and having a good time i'm getting that nice hit you know feeling good about the game feeling good the only downside is it does feel weird because I'm so used to like going in and comparing stats and checking stuff. And, and there's a certain pleasure to that as well. But with the amount of gear you get, if you did that, you would just, you would never get anywhere. So I don't know, ups and downs, both sides of it. Overall, though, I just want to reiterate that from where I'm at so far, I'm still loving it, still having a great time, enjoying the different themes of the dungeons. Give the game a chance if you like RPGs, if you like anything that's got that fast-paced, uh, as I've talked about before with the Neo style. If you like any of that, you're probably going to like this. What about you, Matt? What have you been up to, huh? Well, Eric, aside from your awful Metroid Dread takes, here's what I've been up to this week. And it's been a great week and a fun week and a crazy week because I have a much more exciting and entertaining life than you do because I went and saw movies over the past weekend. I saw two movies. And one of them was Morbius. And I don't know anything about the Morbius comics. I don't know anything about the Morbius comic book character, except for one thing that I looked up years and years ago when he was doing some weird thing with Spider-Man, and they were doing a weird thing, and it was just very weird. And then it immediately got retconned, so I do nothing going in. I went in, I watched the movie. It was okay. 
I've been seeing lots of hate for it online. Like, oh my god, it's, it's stupid and it's dumb and it's pointless. It was fine. It's not the greatest superhero movie I've ever seen, but it's also not the worst movie I've ever seen. I've seen a lot of really bad movies. It's not that bad. So there, a glowing endorsement for me. Yeah, it's fine. It's all right. It's not that bad. Go see it if you want you know, a, a superhero action movie with some CGI fight scenes and stuff. I will say, no, okay, here, I'll go into it a little bit more. I was just going to say, ah, blah, 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 and then go on to the next movie. But I will say, Matt Smith, the former Doctor Who actor dude, he is the best part of the movie. His acting range, kind of, and how silly and over the top he gets, it's fantastic. When I saw, I don't want to spoil anything. You, you can tell he gets he gets to do some goofy stuff. And it's just wonderful every time. I mean, he's... I was going to say a thing, but that's technically a spoiler unless you know what happens in the movie, so I can't even say it. But the thing, I'm, I'm doing it right now, physically in the moment that you can't see. I'm doing it. That made me laugh. And it just made me cheery and wonderful. So you know what? Hey, it's a great movie because you get to see that. You get to see his performance. You get to see him having some fun, doing some things. That movie was fun. Another movie that I've been seeing a lot of hate for because... Not hate, but just like, ah, it's okay-ish for, is Ambulance, the latest Michael Bay movie that I have been, I'm going to say it right here, live on the edited show. I have been hyped for this since the moment I first saw the trailer, because I'll take you back all those months ago, however many months ago, before my local Regal started showing the trailers for this. There was one day I went to the movies, and I don't know what movie I was, was going to see, but I was watching the trailers and I went... All these trailers kind of look, they didn't look bad, but they kind of look the same. I was like, I really need something that looks like a certain big bombastic director's kind of movie. Like a Michael Bay movie. I want to see something with that bluish kind of tint with some Dutch angles and some lens flare and some shaky cam. And I swear to God, I, I shit you not, listener. 30 seconds later, the trailer for Ambulance started, and I threw my hands in the air because I saw that bluish light tint, and I saw some Dutch angles, and I saw some lens flare, and I saw shaky cam, and then it was Ambulance, directed by Michael Bay, and I went, how did that happen? And none of you will believe me that that happened, but that is an honest-to-God story that really happened in my real human life. So it finally came out, and I went and saw it. And people will probably say, oh, the story's not that great, or there's too much shaky cam and too much action. But for some reason, this movie hit the spot. I have not seen so much action and booming and banging and car chasing and car crashes in a long time. And it just felt good. It felt right. Like I was sitting in the theater watching this crazy thing happen. And I went, damn, where else can I see this happen? Nowhere except for at my local theater. And I will say the person I watched it with was thrown off by this because it was so crazy. But the drone camera work in this movie is insane. It's absolutely nuts. And it's so nuts and over the top that at some points it's like, what were you thinking with this crazy shot? Like it's like the drones will like come up a building and then like flip a 180 and still be going up and then flip another 180 and be going down the other side just like as a transition scene from this group of people to that group of people. And in theory... That's so distracting and strange and weird, but somehow in this movie, I loved it. It was like the wildest stuff I'd ever seen, the, just the drone camera work specifically, like the craziest stuff. You know, this crazy car chase will be going on, and then the drone camera is flying in between and around all this stuff. Like, you know they built like a set and had this 
the set path that they had to fly it through as the cars are timing their stuff. Drone cam is like flying underneath cars as they're jumping over it. I swear to God, at one point it like flew through a car and out the front and turned around and looked at the dudes. And obviously you can do that with camera tricks and CGI and stuff, but it looked so good and so crazy. There was so much nutty stuff in this. If you want to see crazy stuff, just have a wacky wild time. Ambulance was it. I loved it. You could say whatever you want. You can think whatever you want about me after that. But I went to the theater and I was blown away. I was like, wow, look at bang, boom, bash, crash, crazy characters doing crazy things. Oh my God, look at this. Oh my God, look at that. Wonderful. Then on the video game front, if you remember last week, it was a very down week. It was a quarter end week. I only played two games, maybe, maybe one game. I don't even remember because that whole week has just been ejected from my memory. But this week, I got back in it. I went to work, went to lunch. Playing Gen Dark, moving my units on that little grid, getting new weapons, getting new things, doing no more story stuff. A lot of fun. Love that game. And then when I get home, I get myself a, a nice cold water, and I go and sit down on the couch, and I put my feet up, and I grab my PS5 controller, and I start playing Elden Ring. And oh, baby, that game is still so much ridiculous fun. I'm getting towards the area where Eric is now, and it is getting harder it's getting scarier which is strange because i have better armor like the big tower great shield that i've been waiting to use for my you know waiting for my stats to be good enough for me to use now i'm using it now it's awesome like i feel like i'm getting there and then i cross the threshold to this scary area and oh my goodness i'm getting punched and beat up and it's just it's wild and crazy but i'm loving it it is Still such a blast, and when I get tired of it being wild and crazy, I get on my horse, and I turn around, and I ride down to this area that I have explored a ton before, and then I look off to the right, and I go, that's a cave there. That's a dungeon there. Look at this thing I never found before. And I explore, and I have a blast, and I beat the bosses of these dungeons, and I get these cool items, and I have this great experience... It's magical. It's wonderful. The game is so good. It's so darn good. And yes, as Eric said, we did play a lot more Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. We did a lot more stuff. We had a ton of fun running around, exploring things on the overworld, in the maps, doing the stuff. But I don't really want to talk about it without him here. So I'm just going to say it was great. It was fun. And I can't wait to play more. Except, hey, Eric, we can't play on Friday because I'm going to be out of town. Sucka! Surprise! And I went off on so many tangents about games and movies and so many things that I almost forgot. The streams that I did. I streamed Final Fantasy II Pixel Remaster, the final stream. And sadly, because of a couple missable, not missable, but a couple areas on the world map I did not know about, I couldn't complete the plan that I was hoping for, where I would just play through the last stream, I would get all the achievements all in that last hour and a half or whatever it was, and just wrap it up. But I played it, I beat the final boss, I should not have listened to the guide that says take the blood sword with you, because some enemies are weak to it, because all the bosses in the entire game after you get the blood sword are ridiculously weak to it. So the last boss, I beat him in two hits of the blood sword. It was like, oh, anti-climax Jones, thanks, right after I got raided from this dude with 14 viewers. But anyway, it's so strange because I had so many issues with that game 
But looking back on it, I think of the good parts. I don't think of the frustrating parts. Getting killed by status effects and just sitting there and watching my party die, I barely even remember that. I remember the bright, colorful characters. I remember the crazy, overpowered skills. Yes, the leveling system is weird if you think about it too much, but I just remember a fun adventure. And that's what I'm hoping to remember when I finish Final Fantasy III, which I started over the past week as well. And that is strange because it kind of harkens back to the very first Final Fantasy with your four warriors of light out to save the day. Hooray, go! And none of your characters are really even characters, which is such a throwback from where you just were in Final Fantasy II. It's so weird. But then the job system comes in and I'm so excited and I can't wait to level up my job system and unlock more things for each job. Except so far you don't. I made one of my characters a red mage, like right from the start. His red mage level is now like 30. But as far as I can tell, that doesn't mean anything. In other games, you unlock certain abilities or certain tiers of black magic, white magic, certain thief abilities that you can then transfer to other jobs. But here, he's just getting levels as a red mage. And that's it. And I mean, he gains regular levels too, but progressing the job doesn't seem to do anything? It's very strange. But so far, I'm having fun with it. It's a brand new adventure, like the title of the first stream said, because I've never played this game before. And I'm having a lot of fun with it, because the music is beautiful, the graphics are beautiful, just like they have been for all the other Pixel remasters. And it's just fresh and new. And I'm having fun doing stupid voices, playing the characters, having a lot of fun on stream. So if you haven't checked it out, come check out the streams and have fun with me. And I think for real this time, because I have recorded this a couple times and I had to drop in additional games, that was really it for me this week. So Eric, tell us about your video game release. Well, I'm glad you asked me, Matt, what my game release is. Wow. You know, you're going to be mad about it, but it doesn't matter because you're not here. So this is like the little blurb of you're not here and I get away with whatever I want thing. And I love it. (laughs) I'm going to, for the last time tell you about a little game that you need to be playing. You might have heard me talk about this before. Maybe. Maybe. It's a little game published by Atlas, developed by Vanillaware, called 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim for the Nintendo Switch, folks. That's right. That's why I'm getting away with it. The Nintendo Switch has finally released 13 Sentinels Originally, there was supposed to be a Vita version, but the Vita was dying, so they nixed it and said, no, it's not going to happen. It isn't a smart move for us to make, which I agree with. But they did go down a different road, and now you can play it on your Switch. And here's the best news, folks. From all reports, the game plays fantastic on the Nintendo Switch. You're not missing out on anything if you play it on the Switch versus the other systems. Worst case, there's a little bit of frame rate issues, but there were frame rate issues with the PS4 versions and stuff too. And if you didn't know, if you hadn't heard me talk about this game a million billion times before, you get to take the role of 13 characters and they all, guess what? They have a Sentinel that they pilot via different times via different means via different eras because guess what you're all over the place in the timeline 
you're going to be going in two sections, one being the character side. So you'll pick a character, you'll go into their storyline, and via visual novel, beautiful, beautiful artwork, side-scrolling type thing, you're going to go across and you're going to talk to different characters, interact with different characters, thought bubbles are going to appear above your head, and you're going to have options and things, questions to ask, things to say. And that's going to put you on different paths and lead you to different conclusions and clues as to what in the world is going on with your character and your relationship with the other characters that you're also going to get to know. And it's going to all blend in and tie in throughout the narrative to give you this really awesome time traveling crazy story about how all these sentinels and these baddies all came to be and what the heck's going on. And at the end, it's going to blow your mind. It's going to be so great. You're going to love it. Besides the visual novel side and the story side, the narrative, I guess, is the battle side. Now, on this side of it, you're already all together and you're all working as one to push back the kaiju so they don't destroy the city. And I won't go into story details, but there's reasons, obviously, why, besides just the fact that they would destroy the entire city. Now, this is an over-the-top, active-time strategy type overlay. But what's crazy about it is it has that really, man, how do you explain it? Like the Tron type thing going, like digital look to it. It's really, really, really different and unique. You have these four different types of Sentinels you pile up, and you'll have to take the different characters and then strategize by putting certain ones on your team based off what the level needs. The level will tell you, hey, you're going to have a whole bunch of Interceptor Kaiju coming at you. Well, you got to pick your classes that are best for that type of Kaiju. You go in, you battle said Kaiju using strategy tactics. you got to move across the board so that way you're within range of healing, of attacking, and, of course, keeping them at bay from whatever the objective is in that particular level. And you'll do this all in real time. However, the real time does stop when you're in the menu. So it's like that partial real time. If you're just actively doing stuff, stuff's moving. But if you're in that menu, it pauses and allows you to pick. It's a lot of fun. And then the cool side element here and that kind of gives you that nice spice of life is that when the characters are in their Sentinels, they start going cuckoo and they can't stay in the Sentinels forever. So after a battle, if you're smart... You're going to want to rotate your characters out and then the Sentinels out. So you also have to kind of keep track of what Sentinels you're using a lot and then mix and match them up the way you should because you use a character twice. He's out. Maybe that character at the time was one of only two of your first gen Sentinels you had. Well, you can't use them now and all of a sudden you're really going to want some melee heavy. Well, you screwed yourself. You don't want to do that. So it kind of adds that whole new level of making sure you keep your players healthy and alive and feeling good. And then... The cool part is, is there's ways to recover via, you know, the Sentinels or via your base, which will kind of send out big shock waves, heal waves, allow you to get rested up faster, that kind of stuff. Just play the damn game. I've told Matt to play this game a thousand times, a million times, and he doesn't. Okay, so that was 100% expected. Obviously, Eric's going to pick that. I thought he was going to do it last week as his release, and I could needle him on the air and be like, oh man, I've never heard about this 13 Sentinels game before. But I'm going to needle him in a different way here on air, and I'm going to do it again off air, away from here, because I'm subscribed to a YouTuber named Jesse Cox. He's a guy I used to watch. There's a whole big backstory to that. I think I've gone into it on a former Shifter Monthly Topic, so check out the Patreon for like YouTubers and content creators that we like. Check that one out. There's a whole backstory of how I got into watching Jesse Cox and why I have such fond feelings and nostalgia for those days. But currently, he does a show called 5-Minute Gaming News. 
on the Monday episode of those shows, he talks about a couple of video game releases. So, I mean, obvious theft, fraud. So we're going to have to call up the Third Shift lawyers and get my favorite content creator sued. He'll have to give us all his money, and then he will hate us, and then so I can't like him anymore. But anyway, look. Okay, so besides the point, on Monday's episode, I watched it. I was cooking dinner, and I put him on. I was like, oh, man, he's talking about this. He's talking about that. What's he going to talk about in the new releases? And he says, there's this game called 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim. And I went, oh, yeah, I've been waiting for Eric to talk about this. And then he talked about the game as if it was a brand new release from Atlas. It's Atlas's latest game, all about X and Y and Z. And I had a beautiful moment, and and an evil smirk curled my lips. And I said, this guy doesn't even know that this is just a Switch port of the original game. He doesn't even know that the original game existed. He doesn't even know that 13 Sentinels is a thing. The thing that I play up on the show, like I've never heard of 13 Sentinels, even though Eric has talked about it for two years or however many years, that's real life. And here, right here, and I got to watch it. I can't wait for work tomorrow. When instead of going in and saying, hey man, I played Elden Ring and it was a lot of fun. I'm going to go, hey Eric, check out this story about 13 Sentinels. He'll go, ha ha ha, bet you thought I was never going to talk about it again. I'll be like, and I'll hit him. I'll, I'll with my words and with the story, I'll punch him right in the gut, and he'll go, oh, oh, oh. and then I'll, pa bam, punch him right in the heart, and he'll go, oh, I'm so sad, oh no. But by all accounts, it is a fantastic game. I did buy it. I have it. I mean, it may actually still be installed on my PS5 right now. Actually, it's in the queue for some time when I want a big, interconnected. Also, mech combat, story-based, visual novelty type of game. So I'm not gonna. I'm not. <laughs> this whole bit is just about needling Eric. It's not about the quality of the game, which I know is fantastic, especially because he said that it's fantastic. It's not about the game. It's about me punching my friend, slapping him in the face. That's what it's about. So don't take what I said as a slight on the game, and also don't take what other people have said about this game too seriously, because my release for this week. It's a game, you know what? If 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim is near and dear to Eric's heart, this is a remake of a game that's so near and dear to my heart. Last week, there was an announcement of a remake of a game from the past that I absolutely loved. Now here one was released. The House of the Dead remake, which dropped on the 7th of April, developed by Megapixel Studio, published by Forever Entertainment. Do you need me to say more? True believers know, true fans know, I mean, they probably actually already have it. I don't even have it yet. But it's a remake of The House of the Dead, the classic rail shooter light gun game from all the way back in the day, like the Sega Saturn era, like 96, 90, whatever it is, where you play as one of two agents, go into a house where a twisted mad scientist doctor has been doing stuff. And you go in and you find scientists are dead or pleading for help and they're getting attacked by zombies, and you use your light gun skills to shoot those zombies and save those scientists and shoot those bosses and have an amazing time doing it. House of the Dead, the original, is still one of my absolute favorite light gun games. Anytime I see it anywhere, I stop and I play it because I love it so much. I used to go to a bowling alley for my birthday and play a few games of bowling, and then they had a little arcade with a House of the Dead machine. And one year, I got all the quarters. I saved up all the quarters. And I played it all the way through, and I beat it. And it was wonderful. And I love it. And I go to Turkeyville for my birthday, and they have a House of the Dead machines there, and I always have to play it. 
So this game is so near and dear to my heart that it makes me sad to hear people saying, oh, it's just okay. Oh, it's just a, the remake's just fine. I mean, I guess it's just a shooter game. It's pretty short. That's the point. It's an arcade shooter. It's not going to be anything more than what it was. If you love light gun games, if you remember that old school style of game, that's what this is. The graphics are all shined up, but it is kind of weird, I will say. It's not a knock, but the the new graphical style with the shined up characters and the, the new like very, very wet blood effects, when you're shooting stuff, it like squirts and like pools around. It's very off-putting to me for some reason because it's so wet and goopy. Versus the old House of the Dead, it has polygonal blood like poof, poof, poof when you shoot them. And it's just so charming and cool. But anyway, if you loved House of the Dead, you're going to love House of the Dead remake. The only knocks that I've heard that are understandable are, I've heard the performance is not that great. If you put it in like graphics mode or whatever, the frame rate can kind of stutter. It can slow down here and there. If you put it in performance mode, it is better, but there still can be some hitches and some stutters here and there. The only other thing I've heard, which is kind of disconcerting, but also understandable because it's a totally different beast, is the control systems can be a little lacking. Like you can play it with a a pro controller or the Joy-Cons, or you can play it in handheld mode. And some of those options give you gyro control, which is what you want from a light gun game. You want to hold a controller in your hand and point it at the screen and shoot. But from what I've heard, some of that gyro aiming is fairly imprecise. You also can't just play it with one controller, or you can't do it as easily because of the button combinations for shoot and reload. They're on the two separate Joy-Cons, which I think is kind of odd. But you also have the option of moving the cursor on the screen using the joystick, which anybody who plays a light gun game like that, you know light gun fan, let me tell you. And then the only other thing I've heard from that gyro Joy-Con aiming side of things is that because the Joy-Cons are so small, when you press either button to shoot, like the A button on top or the ZR button on the tip of the controller, sometimes because they're so small, the controller can kind of jitter. And so it'll throw your aim off just that fraction of a bit. So if you're aiming for a headshot for that zombie that's far away, that's about to kill that scientist and you pull that trigger and it just goes just off enough to miss, that can be frustrating. And that I understand. But it does make me sad. I'm looking forward to this because I love light gun games. And I, I bought the House of the Dead games on the Wii when you could slide that Wiimote into a big plastic gun shell and you could have a light gun experience doing this. But I wonder, I mean, somebody has to have made a, I guess, very, very tiny gun shell for a Switch Joy-Con. They have to have done that, right? So that's what I'm going to go and look up right after this podcast is over. But if you like... House of the Dead, if you like light gun games. I mean, it's the only one that's been released in any recent times that I'm aware of. So get yourself on the House of the Dead remake. Support the devs. Support House of the Dead. Support remakes of fantastic games. That's all there is to it. And so I feel like there's no good outro to the show today. Eric gave me nothing else. He's got nothing. So man, if only if only someone could come and save my bacon... And help me get out of the show intact. Well, by God, the mailman is here. Hello, little old mailbag. Let me let me blow the acres of dust off of you. Piles and piles and mounds and pounds of dust. A dusty old mailbag. But here it is to save my bacon one last time. And we have a question here from our good buddy, Steve Cadwallader, at Code Cadwallader on Twitter. You can find him anywhere you can find a cool guy named Steve. He writes, 
Hey, fellas. Here's a question as requested to save your bacon sometime with a winky face. Thank you, Steve. You are expertly saving my bacon. He continues, PlayStation is doing some annual deals for their new Game Pass equivalent. Are there any better deals for Xbox Game Pass Ultimate than the default monthly $14.99? I enjoyed the $1 gold conversion deal for the last couple of years, but it's finally come to an end, and I don't think they'll let you do it again. Well, Steve, I did a little bit of research. I did a little bit of digging. I did a little bit of Googling. And from what I can tell, Xbox does not, like, themselves do a big package deal. Like, if you... I think they sell... It in three month bundles, but that's for forty four ninety nine, which is basically the same as just three months of the service. Although, if you want to be a little smart boy, if you want to be a little tricksy boy, you can go on Amazon and get a three month Xbox Game Pass Ultimate digital code direct from Amazon, not from like a shady third party seller. And those are right now on sale for like thirty nine ninety nine. So it's not a big savings. It's not a lot. I think I saw one maybe for $34.99 from some retailers that I don't particularly know about or have heard good things about. But I feel like if you follow something like uh, Cheap Ass Gamer or, you know, video game deals, I'm sure there's some kind of like Xbox Game Pass deals Reddit thing that you can follow. I'm sure they'll be able to track and tell you i've seen this kind of stuff before they've done it for ps pluses too like you get a year for ten dollars off selling the cards fairly cheaply but i think that's the best you're going to be able to do is buy not first hand from xbox but second hand from you know a local store or amazon when they're running a sale on that kind of stuff you can get 10 bucks off here and there five bucks off maybe it's so weird because they don't do like an annual pass it's very strange and i feel like that's the way to do it i mean eric said it when we were talking about the playstation one if you don't buy the annual subscription at a slightly reduced price you're just a dummy he said it well gosh xbox don't you be dummies offer me that for a slightly reduced price so it's kind of a sad answer because i wish i had a better answer for you i mean if you are a brand new subscriber obviously they have a one dollar for the first month deal but you're obviously not a brand new subscriber neither are we so if you are new out there get yourself a free month play a million billion games for literally just a dollar but if you are a current subscriber and you want to get some savings on future subscriptions try checking out that three-month card or digital code on amazon or your favorite online retailer that's about the best i can find but what about you out there in podcast listener land can you find a better deal? Can you save Steve and I some money and I'm not going to tell Eric about it? Let us know via the email, thirdshiftme at gmail.com, on the Twitter machine at thirdshiftme, and find us on Facebook under Third Shift. And I'm going to go kill that spider that I see dangling on my window right now. I've been recording this whole bit watching the stupid spider crawling all about. He's dead now while I throw it back to Eric for his outro piece. Go! And you all know, of course, as Matt said, you can catch us on all those wonderful things. You can also catch us over on the Facebook. We're still there. We're still breathing. We check it. We keep track of it once in a while. It's a fun place to be, but better yet, you can head over to Patreon where you can give us a buck, two bucks, three bucks, four bucks, five bucks, all the kinds of bucks, a million bucks. Ah, it'd be great. We'd open up that food line. We'd have a good old time, change our lives all around. It'd be just fantastic. If you don't have bucks, though, you can contribute by going over to Spotify, giving us a five-star review. You can go over to iTunes, also give us a five-star review. I've heard that some people have been doing it. I'm still trying to figure out how to get that so I can see it. 
One of these days, I will. One of these days, it's going to happen. I know it. I can feel it in my bones. So stay tuned and stay ready for that. You can also send us mailbag questions, topics you want us to talk about, comments, any kind of thing. That does help us out. It does pump us up. It makes us feel great. It makes us feel loved. And we do love to feel loved, just as you do, I'm sure. And you are loved. So there you go. Have yourselves a wonderful day. And with all of Eric's other rigmarole out of the way, it remains for me to tell you that you can also listen to the very next episode, which will be dropping on or around the 21st of April, depending upon when things are going on or what we have going on. Who knows? I don't even know what's coming up that week. This week is just events, madness, events all over the place. So we'll see what happens. But around that date, the 21st of April, you will find that very next episode on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, on Spotify, and on YouTube. And as I always say, hey, if you like what we're doing, you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services, because it does help us out, and we really do appreciate it. And with that, there's nothing else to say, but... Don't forget Shut up and sit down.